G'day, g'day. Welcome to Shattered, the podcast. You're going to notice something a little different today. Uh, I broadcast our chats on an app called Wisdom. And today we got a couple of call-ins and they said some great stuff, but there was problems with the audio. They weren't as, they didn't have as good a audio at their end. So the conversation today may appear a little bit disjointed. Don't worry. Um, it's just, that was the case and I've just edited up a little bit. Nothing to worry about. Let's go on with the podcast. Let's go. Can Christians have a mental illness? It's a conversation that may seem ludicrous, but what I want to do today is I want to try and help you understand why Christians think this or might say something like this, what to do if they do say something like this, and also to let them know how off the mark I believe they are. All that and more coming up on Shattered the Podcast. Let's go. Welcome to Shattered the Podcast. Sharing the lived experience of mental illness on a father, a mother, a family. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I have a mental illness. I am also a Christian. I consider myself to be a man of faith. I believe that the Bible is the divine inspired word of God. Uh, I believe that Jesus is my savior. Okay, that being said, we live in a real world. We live in a world with real problems, and we live in a world with real repercussions. What I want to do is I want to try to explain today why some Christians will ask a person with a mental illness if they are possessed by the devil, which has happened to me more than once. So we're going to dive into this. I'm going to try and give the Christian perspective, the the I guess the religious uh, perspective, and I'm going to try to walk this fine line between uh, uh, preaching at you and giving you doctrine and trying to discuss what it is that Christians believe, why do they believe that, and why do I believe that they're wrong. So the short answer is yes, a person with a, a person who is a Christian can have a mental illness. Okay. I'm going to go into that in a little while, but I want to try and explain to people because I have a lot of friends that are very aware that yes, I'm a man of faith, but I'm not overly demonstrative about it. I'm not overly critical of other people. I just believe that uh, we should all be living our best life. And for me, that includes faith. All right, so let's look. And for those of you who are anti-Christian at the moment, I apologize, but I'm just going to talk from the Bible at the moment. And on a side note, the Bible says a lot more stuff than just things about homosexuals. It's kind of interesting to me how uh, we have to throw the whole Bible out because there's a couple of verses that you don't agree with. But beside the point, so why would a person of faith a well-meaning, loving, caring person believe that someone with a mental illness cannot be saved, cannot be a Christian, and is more than likely possessed by the devil. Okay, it comes back to a couple of verses in the Gospels that talk about uh, Jesus casting out the demoniacs. We are told quite literally that the people were filled with demons. They were even able to name them. So in the Christian world, the idea that a person can be demon-possessed is a literal truth because Jesus did it. But is what the old what the New Testament talked about there in every single case, was it a case of being possessed, because that's what they said of everybody that had anything that looked like a mental illness back in the day. Uh, if if you weren't yourself, if you had seizures, if you were if you were, had epilepsy, that was the devil trying to demonstrate through you. Now, with that being the case, I do believe that people can be demon possessed. Is it as common as? the movies make out? No, I don't think it is. 
But again, I ask the question, why do Christians believe that mental illness and the uh, uh, faith in Jesus Christ can't exist in the same person? It comes back to a couple of scriptures. Okay. Matthew 7, 16. If we are producing fruit of the Spirit, which exhibits a sound mind, and that's a key phrase that we're going to come back to in a little while, this idea of a sound mind. So what the Bible's saying there is that if you have the Spirit of God in you, whether you believe that, um, like the Catholics believe that when you take uh communion and all that you do, the bits and bobs, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. Uh, in uh, the Pentecostal scene, there is the whole, you've got to get the, um, you've got to be baptized in the Holy Spirit so that you can speak in tongues and do all that sort of good gear. And it seems that it's incompatible because if we are continually led by bearing spiritual fruit, now. Let's talk about this fruit of the Spirit. There's uh, nine of them. And one of them is it talks about in some uh, uh, translations of the Bible as a, a, a sound mind, as being uh, healthy in your mind. Now, in Romans 12.2, it talks about do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Okay, then in 2 Timothy 1 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Now, of course, to the modern ears, we read sound mind as you're not crazy, I guess. <laughs> and for some Christians, this idea that a person can have uh, this craziness, this mental illness, and the Spirit of God living in them, they see it as being completely incompatible. They see it as being impossible. So if you can't have the Spirit of God in you, you are clearly not saved, air quotes, uh, and you cannot have a mental illness. This shows a profound understanding of the way that the Bible is translated. If and when I read the Bible, I like to read it in a direct translation from the original language, Greek or Hebrew. Why do I do that? I just, I don't want to be confused. I, I don't want to hear what somebody else has decided the Bible has said. I'd rather read it in the language that it was written and try and come to the best understanding of what the verse is trying to say. Now, each of these verses that deal with a sound mind, Matthew 7, 16 through 20, Romans 12, 2, 2 Timothy 1, 7, these things are, uh, when you look at the original translation, they're not as clear cut as we have assumed when we read them in English. Now, to go on with this understanding of why people think that uh, a person cannot have a mental illness and be a Christian goes back to uh, another verse in Matthew. Likewise, every good tree bears fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So what you've got here is people that are coming to the assumption that if a person has a mental illness, their mind is not sound, then they cannot bear good fruit because they are a bad tree. Now, even Nazis could be kind. Uh, there are stories few and far between of weird kindness that Nazis portrayed. In any conflict, in any country, you can see that bad men occasionally do good things. Now, why I mention this is because I believe that the human mind is capable of anything. I don't believe that there is anything so evil in the universe as the human mind. The things that human minds have come up with possibly without intervention of any kind of entity, good or bad, the human mind is evil. 
it, 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 it just is. The things that it's come up with, the things that it's created, the atrocities that have happened because of the human mind are just staggering. And why do I believe this? Because in Genesis, God gave us free will. Now, there's going to be the people that say, oh, everything is predestined and God is is the guy that he knows what's going to happen. And you know what? I, I do believe that God knows what's going to happen. But I also know that the human mind can disagree with God. Uh, you have instance in the Old Testament where the man wrestled with God. Did God know the outcome of that? He doesn't tell us. I assume he did. But why did he allow the man to wrestle with him? Because he was giving him free will. We all have free will. We have the freedom to choose. Now, what this has led to is a world where everybody has got some kind of defect in their genetics. There's no perfect genetic person anymore. And this has come through famine, disease, uh, choices that our ancestors made that we now live with the consequences on a genetic level. Now, my family seems to have a preponderance to uh, a predisposition to PTSD. We're very, very susceptible to it. And we think it comes back to illnesses that my great-grandfather suffered in World War I, things that um, have, are affecting us genetically to this day. And one of the side effects of that is we're seeing that there's a lot of PTSD in my family. Um, we just seem to be susceptible to it. What has this got to do with being a Christian and can a Christian have a mental illness? It's very, very easy to look at the Bible in a very, very black and white way. It, it is. I've been in church since I was, well, they say I was born on a Tuesday and I was in church that Sunday. Now, knowing the person that told me that, I have no reason to believe that that's an exaggeration or a lie. So I've heard it all in church, the good, the bad, the horrible, the terrible. And one of the things that I struggled with in my teenage years was the utter black and whiteness of the way that my faith was taught to me. This, uh, this verse, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Jesus is talking about a very specific set of circumstances here. He's not talking about every single uh, bad person can never be good. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about intention in that verse. And that's the nuance that many uh, denominations do not teach us that there are nuances in the Bible, and you have to understand context. So much of the time, people are reading the Bible and they're not putting it in any context, which is why we've got all the alphabet people that are extremely upset at Christians because they read one line of one verse and go, I am offended by that. Now, I'm not going to go into that. I have LBGT, WXYZ friends. I have transsexual relatives. Uh, I work with a, trans, with, a, with a non-binary person. I don't care what a cho person chooses to call themselves. I don't care what they do with another person in the bedroom. It doesn't affect me. All I can do is try and find a road in my faith that, finds expression in the thought that God is love. Now, I show love to my kids in a variety of different ways. One of them is to discipline them. And by discipline, I want you to hear me out. I'm not talking about spanking them and make them sit in the corner, but teaching them that it's bad to stick a fork in a um, power socket. It's bad to stick a knife in a toaster. Now, what am I doing there? I'm showing them love by stopping them doing something that can hurt themselves. I believe that God does this. Wherever you sit in the spectrum of faith, it's important that we as Christians and, and people of faith 
choose the path of love. Now, does that mean the total acceptance of every behavior, the celebration of every type of behavior? No, it does not. It does not. But it does mean that we look for the path of love. No greater love has any man than this, than to love his brother above himself. Such a powerful statement and one that we kind of skip over. Kind of think, oh, you know, love one another as I have loved you. Okay. Uh, It's easy to see that as a real sexy kind of verse. Love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love me? Well, he died for me. So maybe it's cool if I die and sacrifice myself for other people. But what did Jesus do? In his time on earth, he spent three years living with people, showing them how to live, teaching them. He spent three days dying and raising again. The dying and raising again was obviously it's the most important part of his ministry, but we can't discount the first three years that he spent teaching, talking, sharing, helping, loving people. So when it says, love one another as I have loved you, we look at it as, well, I sacrifice the fact that I will not have your love because I tell you the truth. Whereas is not the way that Jesus loved us to spend time with the downtrodden, the oppressed, the suffering. It's so hard to walk into a church and express the fact that you have a mental illness. Now, I know this particularly because I worked for a little while at a Christian radio station. And on that station, one day I happened to mention that I have a mental illness. I I did it in other places as well, but this one was particularly pertinent because I got 95% of responses were, thank you for sharing. The other 5% were, Mark, I'm praying for you so that you can be delivered from that illness. Not saying specifically that I was demon-possessed, but believing that it was a purely spiritual injury that I was walking around with. So my mental illness was somehow my fault. I had done something. God was punishing me. This idea that every bad thing that happens to us is part of a quote-unquote plan, I cannot, I cannot, and I, and I wrestled with this. I threw my faith away when I was in my teens because of this concept. I actively tried not to believe because of this cut and dried statement. And and I was so wrong in that understanding. I realized that they can coexist. Shattered the Podcast is a podcast that's designed to talk about mental illness, but it's designed to talk about it in many, many different ways. I do not share my faith through this podcast. This is not a Christian podcast. This is a mental health podcast. And one of the faces, one of the challenges I have faced is my Christian brothers and sisters assuming that because I have a mental illness, I must be possessed by a demon or the devil. It would be real easy for me to stand up and protest and go to the Human Rights Commissioner and rail against a person who asked me that question. But I'm in fact grateful when I am asked that question because I'm able to educate a person. I heard somebody say it to somebody else. I took him aside and said, do you think I'm demon-possessed? They said, no. How could you be demon-possessed? You pray, you speak, you do this, you do that. You're a good man. It's like, yeah, but I have a mental illness. Does that mean I'm possessed? Does that mean the devil's in me? So what I try and do is I try to use when somebody says that as a chance to educate them, hopefully to alter the preconceived notion that anybody whose mental health is not 100% is uh, there's something wrong with them. They've done something. 
They deserve what they did. This idea that God dishes out punishments because of our actions is absurd to me. I mean, I believe in a big God, but I also believe in a God of love, and I, I don't believe that that God inflicts horror onto us. The people in Ukraine at the moment, I heard a woman crying out, why would God let this happen? Why did God do this to us? Shows a profound misunderstanding of God, because there's one thing that God can't do. <laughs> and I'm going to have a lot of Christians that are going to be hanging up on the podcast now. I, I, I hope that you don't. There's one thing that God can't do, and it's a self-imposed rule. He, he imposed it on himself, and that was to give us free will, to give us the option to choose. Now, that doesn't just mean the option to choose faith, but it means the option to choose everything what we think about it, how we think about it, whether we will believe, whether we will um, do something that is damaging to us. Now, I have PTSD, so I can point to a day where I was healthy and I can point to the next day when I was not. Now, I had some mental health symptoms before that because I was going through a traumatic period, but I did not have a full-blown mental illness. Now, after the incident where I was hurt, I would then had a mental illness. So I can point to that time. So a Christian, a good friend of mine said to me, I can see that you're not possessed because you have an injury. But then they said, what do you think about the person that has a uh, bipolar or something like that? Something that um, they've had their whole life. Surely that's either demon possession or it's the sins of their fathers or something like that. And it's like, well, no, that's not how that works. Part of our free choice is to marry, do, be, live in places that are not healthy for us, eat foods that aren't good for us, be injured in such a way that illnesses and genetic deformities happen. This idea that it's all about faith and um, somebody being uh, a person that is uh, um, somehow possessed because of a mental illness that they're living with. Wow. Yeah, we've got a guest. I'm just so grateful line. whenever you hear that something that you're saying, I'm sitting in a small room by myself, and that something that I say might help someone. Because that's what. I try to do by talking about mental illness. I try to let people know that first off, it can happen to anybody because me, I grew up absolutely healthy as anything. I was never in hospital for anything except injuries. Uh, I grew up in a very, very happy home, a Christian home, a home where my parents were loving and accepting of everyone. I was taught never to discriminate against anybody. Uh, my father grew up around poor Aboriginal communities in far north Queensland, so my family was accepting. They weren't bigoted against anybody. There was nobody that was worse than me, better than me. Um, my dad's brother is gay, and my dad doesn't love him any less and doesn't treat him any different because he's a man of faith. He just It's his brother. That's the bottom line. So I grew up in a home where we were absolutely healthy. I was healthy. And in fact, probably in my case, because I never heard my parents do this, but I would make fun of people with mental illness. And I know that I did. I worked with people with disabilities for a number of years in a very, very violent part of that world. And there were times where staff just wouldn't show up. And we would tell jokes about the situations that um, broke them that caused them to suffer mental illness. So when I got PTSD and then later diagnosed as complex PTSD, CPTSD, uh, I was devastated. And the stigma that we were talking about, Jason was kind enough to bring up, the self-stigma for me is the worst, is getting over this thought that I am less than because I have a mental illness. 
Now, church is supposed to be the place where we all feel loved and accepted. What I liked, what I think about most are my memories of when I was young, being in church when church was a place of opportunity and hope. It was a place for people that were tired and broken, and it was a place to come together as family. And I saw the people in my church the same way that I saw my own family. I desperately tried to make sure that nobody ever felt left out. And I know that my parents did that. If somebody was new in the church or they were standing by themselves and they saw them a couple of times, they'd invite them over for lunch. Not to proselytize or get them to join the church, just because my parents were interested in people being loved. And when did church become a place where we are just place sitters, where it's a box we've got to check, where we assume that everything that we read in our extremely complicated English language in the Bible is the be-all and end-all without looking at the context? I loved what Jason said about, you know, the blind girl came to Jesus and they said, is it her sin or her father's sin? And Jesus said it was neither. She's just blind. We want to look for ways and means to blame things on somebody else. We don't want it to be our fault. We want there to be a reason for everything. Now, something a little bit controversial in my PTSD is I had symptoms of mental illness before I broke. I was struggling mentally. I was in situations that were violent and I was not caring for my mental health in any way, shape or form. I just didn't think about it. I didn't think I needed to think about it until the day that I had a violent incident in the workplace. I was nearly killed. And I went home that day with PTSD. I just couldn't stop crying for like three days. Didn't sleep, just cried. And if I wasn't crying, I was thinking that people were jumping out and trying to kill me. I'd see this flash in the corner of my eye, and I don't know if it's a real memory, probably isn't, but I would see it as the knife of my assailant coming back for my face. If there is an overarching message today, it is that people with a mental illness can be Christians. People with mental illness are not necessarily possessed by demons. It's as simple as that. And for us to make people feel marginalized. I said earlier, for me, when somebody says that to me, I use it as a chance to educate them. To say, okay, well, what do you think is demon possession? What could I not do if I was demon possessed? Could I read the Bible if I was demon possessed? Could I pray if I was demon possessed? People of faith, I believe we need to get back to the core of what the Bible said, to the core of what Jesus' message was. His message was one of love and acceptance. Does that mean that we accept every behavior? Because no, most of Jesus' interactions ended with go and sin no more. He equipped them with the knowledge and the understanding that they could live without sin. Now, of course, some people are going to go, well, this is obviously the alphabet people. I don't see that. I used to do a show called The Elephant in the Room where a pastor and I used to just talk about the hard stuff, the elephants in the room. 
am I a bigot if I am a Christian? Can I be a Christian and not be a bigot? People of faith need to remember that Jesus was love, and in every situation he responded with compassion. The woman is brought to him for committing adultery. They're about to stone her. What did he do? didn't condemn her. He didn't condemn the men. He just knelt down, started writing in the sand. We don't know what he was writing. I heard one pastor say that perhaps he was writing the names of people that were there, telling them to pull their heads in. I don't know that we can give that any credence (laughs) in any way, shape or form. But he responded with love and he responded with kindness. And then he did everything that he could to restore the that woman. I'd like to welcome Creed to the show. G'day, Creed. How are you today, mate? Hey, hello. I'm fine. You okay yourself? No, I'm doing very well, thanks, mate. All the better for chatting to you today. How are you feeling? I feel great. I feel great. Um, I was just calling. <clears throat> I was just hitting you up to chime in on um, the topic. Yep. Um, can a Christian have a mental illness? mental illness and faith. Yep. Um, I just wanted to say that in my opinion, um, it seems like that, yes, of course, that um, Christians can be struck with things, trying to faith, you know, um, they can have certain ailments, they can have a thorn in their side of some type. Um, I mean, it's like common, cause, I mean, you have to have a testimony yep. and in order to really know that God is real and the way to share that's the way we people share the word. So, yes, that's almost part of it sometimes. Mm. So, mate, where do you sit with, obviously, well, I don't want to say obviously, it sounds like you agree with the premise that it, you can be a Christian and have a mental illness. Do, is, you, you don't see a problem with that statement? I believe it's probably part of it sometimes. Yeah. From what they term mental illness today, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Some of that pain and mental illness would bring you to Christ. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, it, I I believe that um, if Jesus uh, is all about healing us, if Jesus can heal us of, from some of the trauma that we've been through, um, then that can lead to the easing of mental health symptoms. Um, and I believe that with all my heart. Uh, yes, of course. I, I do too. I, I just was shocked when. The first time somebody asked me, oh, you've got PTSD, does that mean you, you, you demon-possessed? Well, I was like, oh, well, hang let on. Me clear, let me clarify what I mean. A sure, bit. please. Maybe I'm not coming clear with you. What, what I mean to say exactly is I believe that um, God has a way of um, striking you with certain elements yep. and things like that or taking you through certain testimonies. Did, you know, you may look at like it's a mental illness or illness at the time, mm-hmm. but once you make it through it, you look at it as a badge of honor that you overcame something. Yes. And um, it, it brings you closer and closer and closer. Now, some, you know, I mean, through pain and stuff like that, you know, um, you can push your way straight to the love chamber and you come out just on a whole nother, you find your brightness, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and that, that's common, you know, for me. That's, um, <clears throat> but as far as, um, the way we're discussing that I think that the way they term mental illness today, um, I think that people lose their mind, but I, that, but see, it's who they, it's also who you term as a Christian today as well. Yeah. Yes. That, that, that's the tricky part of that, of that statement for me is I'm thinking true Christians. No, no way. Put it like that. I, I want to retract my last thing. A true Christian no, no way. I don't think. Okay, this is interesting, Creed. What What do you consider to be a true Christian? And and please, I'm not trying to be adversarial. I'm just trying to understand. Yeah, and you know, I wasn't trying to really dig down a rabbit hole either. I, I, I tried to, <laughs> to keep it here. We go, but here we go. Say no. <laughs> um, I believe that when people are called, many are called true. Um, few are chosen. Uh-huh. I believe that the few that are chosen are people who, you know, choose to um, follow the rules and regulations, which is the Bible, yeah. and they hop on stage and they, you know, they they are they are able to be carried by our Father, 
Yeah. You know, I believe that he carries us and he carries the whole world. I'm not saying that, but I believe this, you know, once you, you're in the kingdom, kingdom of heaven here on earth, so to speak, and you, you're one you, and you're part of that world. Once you choose to be obedient to that word and love thy brother and have a different view of humanity from more of a simple, more of a servitude, not malicious, um, sympathetic, um, just no fear of repercussions of being good, yeah. you know, type thing. You know, just got to be love, man. And from that point there, um, you, you, um, you're gonna, you're gonna. Some people may call you mentally ill, but trust me, you. The world, the world already is the mental ill thing. Yeah. And what I just described right there is the same. Only few same people. Yeah. So that's why I said it's, a, it's a, the way it's worded there. You know, um, you know what it, to, to me what people think is sane it, it is not sane. Yeah. So let me ask you, Creed, and and I think I already know the answer to this. If if you met somebody and they said, um, I am really struggling with my mind. I'm really struggling with perhaps thoughts or even a mental illness. Would you cast them out? Would you consider them to be unsavable? And I know just in talking to you that you would never no. do that. No. All right. So. If you are a person that has been stigmatized, you've had uh, perhaps Christians say the wrong thing to you, um, I'm going to apologize. Um, but I'm also going to try and encourage people of faith that are listening to share the love that Jason and Creed have talked about. Uh, and I'm excited to welcome Denise to the show. Good day, Denise. How are you today? Hi, I'm wonderful. I love this topic. I've been a registered nurse for 32 years. <laughs> uh, shout and out I to all topic. I'm from Iowa. Yep. Um, shout out to all the registered nurses out there. My mother is a registered nurse. There are no better people um, in the world than registered nurses. So I'll get that out of the way. Um, Denise, thank you. Um, you had some thoughts on this. Well, my brother and I. It's funny you're talking about this because he, he's been saved and so have I. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talked about this the other day for hours and hours mm. and hours. And can a Christian have a mental illness? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely they can. You bet. Mate, and coming from somebody that's a woman of faith, but also uh, in the medical profession, you would have seen a lot of things in your nursing career. You would have experienced dealing with people that are struggling with mental illness that some of us would never see in our lives. Well, Mark, I've been, I've had um, depression and anxiety myself. Yeah. My entire life. Mm. And I'm from a large family and uh, it's very, very genetic. Yeah. It runs yeah. in my family. Yeah. And we all have issues in our life. We all have concerns and issues. And uh, absolutely, you can be have a mental illness, be mentally ill, and be a Christian. And another thing my brother and I talked about, Mark, mm -hmm. if you think about, remember David in the Old Testament? Yep. All the terrible, terrible things he did. Yeah. And he even murdered. Yeah. And somebody might say, well, Denise, that was the Old Testament. Come on, let's get real. So my brother and I talked about that. And we thought about it. And we did research. Mm -hmm. And do you know that in the New Testament, David is mentioned 1,100 times mm. in the New Testament. And, and David had favor. He, he was one of the chosen. Yeah. And David was mentioned 1,100 times in the New Testament. And this is someone that murdered. He was not a good person. Well, we, we tend to forget that the Apostle Paul was a murderer. Uh, yes. You right. know, so, yeah, they talk about David with redemption. But Paul, he would have had to have sit in rooms with Christians that he'd killed their family members. And, yes, you're right, Mark. And yet he was arguably one of the fathers of our faith as far as our understanding of faith. Wow. Wow. I honestly expected to get some pushback 
from this subject today. I'm so grateful that the people of faith that have chimed in have um, been somewhat in agreement. There is always nuance. There is always room for difference. Uh, The one thing about Christians, and we kind of tend to forget this, is they're very, very good at disagreeing. We're very, very good at, at, at being, at holding a different viewpoint. And how do I know that? It's because we've got 6 million denominations. <laughs> Christians are a people that are used to robust and lively debate. It's just a shame when that debate becomes dogma and we forget the love. We forget that even though we are different, the core of it, God thinks of us the same way. Some of us may have it 100% right. Some of us may not. But nobody is better. Nobody is worse. Be they gay, straight, disabled, mentally ill, a different race, religion, creed. God loves them all exactly the same. And that's our job is to love people as well. If you're a person living with mental illness and you've been hurt or offended by a Christian, assuming that you have a mental illness, I am sorry. And I want you to know that my heart breaks to think of the struggle and pain that you've been through by a person that the world holds Christians to a higher expectation because of our professed faith. Whether that's legitimate or not, it's real, and the pain that people feel is real. Hey, thank you for listening today. You can check us out. It's STP Shattered, the podcast. I rarely ever talk about religion. Uh, and faith, because I'm here to help people with their mental illness, help them understand that their life can be full, uh, even if they have a mental illness. I've got one more guest. Let's tie them in. Uh, It's Chad. Let me just accept. Here it goes. I am old, so technology is all very exciting and new to me. So I'd like to welcome Chad or Bethany. Or Chad and Bethany. G'day, guys. How are you? Ah, good, good. So I'm, I'm going to assume this is Chad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wife, uh, my wife's usually with me, but um, we actually host a podcast together, so that's why it's a uh, dual profile because we're uh, we're we you know, we're running the show together usually. Cool. Well, I want to talk to you about that in just a minute. But first off, do you have? Uh, did you want to chime in on the subject? Um, well, I, I heard that you were about to sign off, and I just wanted to let you know uh, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to the talk, and um, it was just, uh, yeah, it was it was refreshing to hear your your perspective, and um, I, I completely agree with you that uh, you know it's. Um, you're, you know, you can be a Christian and have a mental illness, absolutely. But I have experienced people um, saying, like, like you said, you know, uh, well, you just need to um, cast that out, or they try to do an exorcism on somebody, yeah, um, because of a mental illness. You know, I have seen that. Yeah, no, oh, I have two mine, and in my younger days, I I know that at times I did believe the mental hills mental health issues stemmed from sin and um, even possession at times. And I'm so grateful that God's brought me through that thinking to the other side. Have we still got you, Chad? Uh, There we go. The uh, system was switching over audio. Um, Uh, but but you did cut out there for a second. Uh, I was just saying that I'm so grateful that God brought me away from thinking that mental illness was a, a, a sin or a possession or something like that. Uh, and I'm also grateful that people like you are uh, sounding like you agree with the basic premise that Christians can have a mental illness. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, I think it's actually something I, um, I started to see a lot more of. I, uh, I pastor a small church with my wife and, um, we've just started to see increasingly people with mental illnesses and, and children, their children with mental illnesses as well. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, it becomes a challenge because 
you know, you do, you do wonder at times, well, you know, you know, how do you discern whether this is a mental illness or whether, whether there is actual possession happening here? Um, personally, I've never actually seen, uh, possession or an exorcism happen, but, uh, you know, it, it does cross people's mind and they often come to me saying, can you cast the demon out of my child? Wow. What a wonderful opportunity for you to counsel them through that. And cause I think that some people use anything as an excuse. So if I can blame something or someone for this illness, this difference, this infirmity, then somehow that makes them a little bit better as if, if, as, as if it, it wasn't anybody's fault. Uh, it seems like that vad- validation can seem important to some people. Yes. And unfortunately um, it's not the answer that people want to hear um, because they, they want the quick fix mm. of, well, okay. And you just uh, release this demon and my child be healed or I be healed. And, you know, instead of the answer of, um, you, you know, this, this may not be a demon, but you should still turn your life over to Jesus and he can still bring you healing. It may not be healing in the way that you would desire or that you would like. Sometimes God removes the thorn in the flesh and other times, you know, we becomes a lifelong struggle to where the ultimate healing is when we receive our glorified, redeemed bodies. Yeah, yeah. Now, Mike, you mentioned that you're a pastor of a small church. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm excited that a pastor would choose to tune, to chime in on a subject like this, mate. That, that gives me a lot of hope. Well, uh, that's good. Praise God. And um, I think the, the other thing that you were saying that really was speaking to me that I can identify with is you said a couple times about people having been hurt from Mm. the church because of the way they've been treated or because of the way someone, um, you know, accused their, their mental illness to the, to their lack of faith. Right. Yeah. Uh, And my wife and I felt led to, to start the church that we have um, (laughs) before people that have been uh, burnt by church. And we kind of use that expression uh, burnt by believers where, Unfortunately, you know, a Christian has um, in some way been hurt, sometimes very deeply, even even emotionally scarred by the pain caused to them by the church. Yeah. And, you know, we know there's no perfect church out there, but we know that that's not also that's not the perfect representation of of who God is and and the love of Christ. And so those people end up um, without a church home. And broken to where they they don't want to go anywhere because yeah. they they feel like they've been hurt so many times. They, the idea of going to church is is painful. Um, so we we started what's called the church within, where like the kingdom of God lives within you, right? It's Christ in us. We are the church. Yeah. Um, so you know we have no building, we have no salaries, we have no expenses. We just meet wherever. And, uh, and, and keep it focused on the Bible and coming together. Yeah. Chad, it's so refreshing and exciting. Um, can I ask, you mentioned a podcast and I, I, you're a man that I want to try and promote a little bit. What, what's your podcast called? How can we find out the details of it? Uh, thank you. It's called, uh, Bible snacks and you can actually, I mean, you can click on the link through my profile. I'll take you there. Cool. But, um, each episode is just uh, 10, 12 minutes long. We call it Bible Snacks because it's not the full Sunday meal. Yeah. It's just uh, just a spiritual snack, a word of encouragement. So every Wednesday, my wife and I will do an episode where we take an analogy from real life, mm. and then we, we will make a spiritual application out of that analogy um, to just kind of encourage you for, for the rest of your day. Awesome. Um, and then uh, our website for our church is um, www.teachpreachreach.com. And it's teachpreachreach.com because when we started it, we really felt like church has become so institutionalized. Uh, it's like a business. Yeah. And it lost its focus on 
people and Christ and the mission. Yeah. So what we did is said, let's get back to the basics and try to get rid of all of the presuppositions in our minds and looked at Matthew and started reading where Jesus comes on the scene. And what you find in Matthew 4.23 is Jesus is going from village to village, teaching, preaching, and healing the people. Mm. And that's it. Like, we did, the light went off, and that was the mission. Teach, <laughs> preach, and healing. And obviously Jesus is, is the Christ, so he can heal anybody, get up and walk. And, you know, he works through us in different ways. So that's where we see it as the reaching, where we're being the hands and feet of Jesus now. And that's our mission, teach, preach, reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love it, mate. I love it. Chad, as I said, I am going to be packing it in for the day. I can't think of a better way to finish the show. I'm so grateful. Once again, mate, if people are looking for your podcast, I know you've said that it's in your profile, but it's called Bible Snacks. Yeah, actually, you can just search on Apple Podcasts Uh and uh, Search Bible Snacks on Apple Podcasts. We're, uh, we're the only ones. Or you can go to uh, teachpreachreach.com, and the link to the podcast is on our website. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, I would encourage you, Mark. I said it's been awesome listening to you. You should add on your profile here on this um, app that you're actually from Australia. You're in Australia. I just think that that is so cool and uh, and. You know, you have the accent, but we just assumed that you were in the States. So it's just something really cool through technology. We're talking to another brother in Christ thousands of miles away. No, I'll, I'll do that, mate. Thanks for the suggestion. That's a good idea. Well, mate, as I said, I will have no better way the, to finish the show than with chatting to you. Thank you so much, man. I, I'm, I'm just so... Uh, I hate to use the word, but I just feel blessed that you've chosen to chat to me today. So thank you so much, man. Great yeah, Thank you. All righty. As I said, I am going to call it quits there. Thank you to everybody that joined in today, Chad, Denise, Creed, and Jason. It has been a surprise <laughs> how many people have wanted to chime in on this. Uh, you can check us out, STP, Shattered the Podcast. Uh, if you're a person of faith, my podcast is not a faith-based podcast. I am a Christian. I live my life by Christian principles. I, I talk about mental illness with the attitude of love that I believe that Jesus commands us to have. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening today. You are awesome. I will talk to you again next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Shattered the Podcast. I'd like to thank our producer, Meredith Brosnan, our executive producer, Torian Lau, and the band Adelaide for allowing us to use their song as our theme. Go to shatteredthepodcast.com for more information. <laughs>